cool. And thank you for all your giving, by the way. Um, in October, we shared some of the, uh, our financial difficulties at the time. And uh, at the end of October, I, I spoke uh, and taught on the timeless principles of giving. Um, just so that you know, as a church body, uh, for that month of October, even before I spoke, so after we presented it, I actually, I think I, men I did mention at church that I shared about that stuff with some of the local pastors and all that sort of jazz. So come the end of October, unlike the month before and the month before, our income was greater than our expenses. I reckon it's, you know, having been the other way around, it's, you know, not being able to pay some stuff, that was, you know, really scary. We, um, our bookkeeper comes in and so we've been away, so she's just come in, so we've just finished November and our income has been greater than our expenses for November. So that's two months in a row. So I want to thank you all that give. Those that give when the bags that go around, those that give online banking, those that use the push pay app or uh, all that sort of stuff, I just want to say thank you. And can I continue to encourage you to, to give over Christmas, even if you're away? Set it up, put in a reminder, automation always trumps determination. And give to the level that you want to live. Give to the level that you want to earn. It's the only place where God says, test him. Don't allow... And I love what Adria said, don't allow your circumstance to determine your giving, but rather allow your heart to determine your giving and see what God does, yeah? Amen? Anyway, that one's for free. As my Hungarian buddy used to say, if it's for free, it's for me. Anyone else have that motto? If it's for free, it's for me. Come on, if someone knocked on your door and said, the internet's free for the rest of your life, would you say No. Is any child going to say no to lifetime free, you know, McDonald's, free electricity, free anything, free coffee? Could you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes? I'm absolutely bursting with what God is doing at the moment for me. As Andrew said in October, you know, he came to the church and I decided that I would give an extra $10 a week more on top of my tithes. And I was already giving $10 more on top of my tithes before that. Next thing I know, I've got to go to the dentist and I've told two teeth out and I said, oh, how much is that going to be? She said, oh, $400 a tooth. And I thought, oh, oh well, never mind. I do want to go to Israel, which is $9,000. And I'm just believing that God's going to provide. So I have these teeth done. I go to a, a, a dental surgeon and I was told the consultation was $90 and I would get 70 back. For Medicare, I got $86.55 back. They have the teeth out, and he only charged me $400, including the $90 consultation. I go to the optometrist. I want to get everything done out of the way before I start really saving in January. So I go to the optometrist, and I need, because I knew I needed new glasses, but I don't need reading glasses, so I'd 
set aside about $1,200 for glasses, and it's only going to cost me $600. <laughs> Thanks, Evelyn. But the thing that really topped it on everything else, as oh, many of you know, I have got solar, and I haven't had an electricity bill for the last six years, because I'm on 66 cents payback. And I rang them up, because I had to renew the contract. I'm getting jealous. Hmm? <laughs> Sorry, I know I said only a few minutes, but the, this, really, this is really the icing on the cake. I rang them up because you all know that solar's finishing, they're going to give you five cents and all this sort of stuff, ten cents. So I'm talking to the fella and he said, oh, just a minute, I'll put you through to the solar department, then he put me through to somebody else, and the outcome is that I stay on 66 cents for the next seven years. And so we've organised someone that can run power cables from her place, from Marion's house, all the way to any of our homes. <laughs> you find that when, legitimately, when you, when you decide to give to the level that you want to live, yeah, God does stuff. You know, when we were going through that stuff and sharing with the church, Mel and I decided that we would increase our giving, and so we've done that. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. We won't change back from that, yet we, everything seems to get paid. There's still food in the fridge. The boys are still complaining about the same stuff. You know, uh, but God seems to come through, yeah? So we continue to believe and to trust, and we'll put it out there. Uh, last week, we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, or being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so today, I want to continue um, to a degree in relation to that, because as I shared last week, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for our empowering, yeah? It's for our empowering. In fact, John Piper puts it this way. He says, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is when a believer in Jesus Christ receives extraordinary power for, yeah? It's not just about getting extraordinary power from the Holy Spirit, from God. It's not about that. He says it's about getting extraordinary power for Christ-exalting ministry, Yeah? Christ-exalting ministry. So today, what I want to speak about is that. So let's just pray quickly. Father, we thank you for all that we have. We thank you for all that we don't have. We thank you for situations that we're in that, Lord, I guess cause us to have to rely on you. And Lord God, they're probably the best times to be in. And Father, this day as we move closer to celebrating your birthday, as we, we have great weather and all that sort of stuff, Lord, I just pray that we would remember you in all things, in our good times, in our tough times, in our great times, in our bad times, in our stressful times, in our joyous times, Father, that you would always be front and centre, Lord, at the forefront of our minds, Lord, that we would always remember you. So, Father, as we listen today, speak to our hearts, Lord, change, rearrange things that you need to, put aside, shift aside, Lord, Lord, do a work in us, Father, that we would become more like your son, Jesus from glory to glory and strength to strength. So we thank you for the privilege and honour that we have as a people together, as a family in your house. We give you all the glory and all the honour. And everyone said? Amen. All right. Cool. We're ready to go? 11 o'clock on the dot. Awesome. Hey, next week, by the way, Christmas Day, 9.30 is our service on the Sunday, just so that you know. It's a real um, blessing for those of us, um, maybe all of us, 
But for those that have to come early and do the worship and practice and those that are setting up and all of that, it's really nice not to have an extra day. Does that make any sense? Because Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. And I know some of us think, well, what are you talking about? We just roll up, do Christmas and we leave. But there are many people that come at 8 o'clock and because we start earlier, they're here at like 7.30 and it's really nice for it to fall on a Sunday. So whatever you've got planned, try to etch it into your diary to come along at 9.30. Invite your family, invite some friends, let's celebrate, let's sing some hymns, let's hear of the goodness of our Lord, amen. And let's go home by 10.30, quarter to 11, to do whatever you need to do with your family and extended families, amen. Anyway, so today, um, I guess the reason that we can ask for and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the empowering is to be like him, okay? It's to be more like him. Without it, you're going to really struggle big time, all right? That's a, I'm hoping that's a fair call. So we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the empowering so that we, we can actually do what we have been called to do, okay? Because... We actually, Christ calls us to do stuff. <laughs> and without the power, it's really difficult. And I think, you know, last week I suggested that, you know, you don't do anything without the right tools. You, you don't become a carpenter and try to hit a nail without a hammer or play tennis without a racket or ball, you know. He doesn't set us up for failure. He actually gives us the tools that we need. And in this case, the tool that we need is the empowering, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And because we're empowered by him, because we are baptised in the Holy Spirit, we actually bring glory to the name of Jesus. That's pretty important. You know, I love it when my sons do something or my daughters do something that's really cool and people say things like, wow, you know, it's so, we had your boys over, we had your, when the girls were young, we had your girls over, they're so well behaved. It's such a testimony to your parenting. Inside, I'm laughing my head off. <laughs> if only you knew. But it brings glory to our name, yeah? And we are the same with Father God. We bring glory to his name. So I want to suggest that we've been created to serve God. For those of you that think that we're just here for a good time and now we're going home to heaven, wrong. It's not about earning anything. Yeah, it's not about that, yeah? It's not about having to perform because, you know, we're seeking our value from him. It's not about anything like that, yeah? But we are created by the Father, for the Father to serve him, to exalt him in everything that we do. And the songs that the team chose, I don't know if it was Sally that chose the songs, but the songs that were chosen today were just brilliant, particularly that, the last couple of songs, you know, All That I Am. I give into your hand. I exalt you. It's all about you, yeah? We're, we're doing it for him. So we've been designed and created to serve Daddy, to serve Father God. So for those that take notes, and I want to continue to encourage you, even as we move into 2017, take notes. Like, really, take notes. Do it. Get a Bible. Bring it to church. Try it out. It may change your life, you know? If you, don't, if you don't have the money for the Bible, that's okay. There's apps on your phone that you can get for free. Done. But get into the Word. Bring it with you. Don't be embarrassed of it. There's nothing like catching a train from Melbourne, uh, from Ballarat, going into Melbourne and opening up, not your phone, but getting your tablet and actually having the Bible so the person next to you can see it. Or actually opening it up because they freak out. You know? 
and you make the font bigger so they can see it, you know? That's the brilliance of having technology, you know? You make it really big, they think you're going blind, but really, deep down inside, you're being as wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. I'll get this bloke reading the Bible, watch this. <laughs> Try it, take some notes. Take this down. Because I... I I want to suggest again that God gets excited when we serve him. When we serve him, he gets really excited. If you don't know that, then know that. Get it into your spirit. When you serve God by serving his people, he gets excited. Because what we are and what we've become because of the cross is his gift to us. Yeah. But what we do now with ourselves is our gift back to him. So... If you do nothing with what God's given you, that's what you're offering to him. And not because he needs the offering, but that's just because it's what you do. It's what our children do, don't they? Hey, Dad, Dad, let me show you this. Let me show you the drawing that I just drew for you. Don't they do that? Don't our kids do that? We're the same. It's wired into us. Yeah? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In case you missed it, in case you're enjoying the holiday in your Christianity, yeah? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God, Father, Papa, Daddy, yeah? Prepared in advance for us to do. So that means that Father God has already got stuff for you to do. He's already prepared acts of service for each and every one of us. That's you. That's the person on your right. That's the person on your left. So this is what you need to do because it's too quiet in here. You need to look to the person on your right side and say, I love that you're doing what God's got you doing. Come on, you, you, some of you aren't even talking. And then look to the person on your left and say, when are you going to start to listen? See, now that we've actually asked, last week we talked about asking, expecting and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So now that we've done that, we have all that we need to do the work that he set apart in advance for us to do. Yeah? And we couldn't do those things before we were baptised in the Holy Spirit, before we received the empowering. Yeah? So the baptism in the Spirit is an empowering for service that takes place in the life of a Christian. And just to, to show you that, Acts chapter 1, verse 5 says, For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then we jump to verse 8, and verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So being baptised in the Holy Spirit is you and I being immersed in the Spirit's life and the Spirit's power. Yeah? Remembering that the Holy Spirit is not an it. Yeah? The Holy Spirit's a person. Is that echoey out there? Because it's echoey up here. I'm just putting it out there. So a really good example is this. If you drink a glass of water, that water gets inside of you. Yeah? But if you go to the beach and step into the ocean, we're now inside the water. Yeah? Run the water being inside of us, we're now inside the water. So basically think of it like this. When we receive a drink in the Holy Spirit when we're saved. 
Yeah? But when we get the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's like that initial drink becomes an ocean that completely surrounds us. Yeah? So go with me here. Just like the infilling or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when we're saved reproduces in us the life of Jesus, yeah? Then the baptism or the empowering of the Holy Spirit reproduces the ministry of Jesus, yeah? You've got to understand the difference or you'll never fulfill all that Father God has for you because you'll be saying, I got saved, I got baptized, that's it. But that's reproducing his life in you so that now with the empowering, you can reproduce the ministry. Because doesn't he go on to say that we'll do greater things than he, yeah? That's right. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it does that, when we reproduce the ministry of Jesus, that includes miracles. That includes healing. That includes all of that stuff that's only for the awesome preachers and teachers of the world that are on television. Not. Yeah? It's for all of us. You know, I wrote in the Logos this week, in the front of the Logos, I wrote, now it's our turn. It's time to begin. It's time to move in the power of the Spirit in all we do because we are His hands and His feet extended. Yeah? But without the empowering, you're not an extension of Him. You're an extent, you're doing stuff on your own. Yeah? But once we're empowered by the Spirit of God, because we cre- you've got to understand, we are created to serve. Not for our salvation, not because we have to, not because we find value there. We just are created to serve. And because God has got these acts of service prepared for us, then there's always an opportunity for you and I to serve. Always. Because he's got it prepared in advance. That's awesome, isn't it? Like, really, when you think about it, some of you are thinking, really? What's he got for me? Well, spend the rest of December and January working it out. They come and speak to us. We'll give you an idea for inside the house. You might have some great ideas for outside of the house. There's always opportunity to serve. He's got it prepared for you in advance. You know, last week we had a look at John 15.5 and... You've got to understand the scripture in its context because it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need the empowering, the baptism, or if you prefer, the partnership with, with and in the Holy Spirit to do the works that he set apart for us to do in advance. Amen? So we can't perform in our full purpose and live in our full potential without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And I mentioned last week, you know, and, and jokingly to a degree, um, tongue-in-cheek. But it's not about speaking in tongues. It's not about that. It's about being empowered. If God empowers you and you receive the gift of the angelic tongue, amen. There's a whole blessing that goes with speaking in tongues that you will never experience unless you speak in tongues. Yeah? It's not that God's holding it back. It's just that unless you step into that, the blessing that comes from that, you're not going to receive. It's the same as giving. You'll never experience the full generosity and blessing of God until you step into the generosity and blessing that God wants to perform through you. Yeah? You'll never, ever experience the wonders of my coffee machine in my kitchen unless you step into the, coffee, into the kitchen where the coffee machine is. Yeah? It's there. 
I'm not saying you can't have it, but you have to walk into the kitchen to get it. Yeah? God's no different. He's got blessing after blessing after blessing for each and every one of us. But there's just a small, hey, first you have to not perform, not do anything, just step into the very thing that he has for us. Yeah? So we're baptised, we're empowered, we have the tools for everything. And within us, all of us, are gifts and talents that God has given us to serve him. You know, we can't, you can't underestimate how important your role is in serving in the kingdom of God. Because if we're to be completely honest and transparent, many of us, yeah, often look to the person on the left or the person on the right or the person that's not in this room and we think, well, they're just so much better than us. They're better at that. They pray better than us. They do this better than us. They're holier than us. They have a better relationship with Jesus than us. They sing better than, than us. And whether it may be true or not, Ben, <laughs> we often don't step into what God has for us because we imagine that the person that's better than us is the one that God has set apart for that. But we all have a role to play. We've all been created to serve, not just the, you know, the frozen chosen, the, the super spiritual. That's why it says in, in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, even so the body's not made up of one part but of many. Not if, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted you slash them to be. Yeah? If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We all have my addition an important role to play. Don't say to yourself, I'm not the hand they are. I'm not the ear they are. I'm not the nose they are. I'm not the mouthpiece they are. Don't say that. You have a role to play. You have, if you've called and cried out, and believe for, expect, and receive the empowering or the baptism in the Holy Spirit because you've been created to serve, to do the things that he set apart for you to do, not just for me, yeah? So step into those things. Step into all that God has for you. Amen? See, now that we've been empowered together as a people, together as a family, as a community, we can fulfill all that Papa has for us in our lives, in the lives of those around us, in our church, in our community. We now complement each other. And I know some of you are thinking to that per about that person on the right, thinking there's no way they complement me. But it's okay. They think the same thing about you. <laughs> but you do, and we do. We all complement each other. At the moment, actually, I just had a, a quick thought. Those that are sitting on their own going, that's right, <laughs> I'm okay. There's no one on my right or left. <laughs> Think about it for a minute, you know. We've been empowered for something. And, and now that we've been empowered, we can fulfill the Great Commission, yeah? 
Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I have a question for you. Ever wondered why it's not called the Great Mission? Like, I know this theology is going to spin you out because it's so deep. Ever wondered why it's not called the Great Mission? Because it's, it's called the Great Co-Mission. Co-Mission. It's something that we do with someone else, yeah? It's us and him. Yeah, we can't do it on our own. Otherwise, it would be called the Great Mission. Go out, therefore, Andrew Battistella, and on your own, perform the Great Mission. That's not how it works. He speaks to all of us and gives us the great commission. Together we do it. Father God and us. That's why he sends the Holy Spirit to empower us. Now we're in partnership. Now we can step forward to perform and do the great commission. Yeah? To live it out. Because we're now doing it together. We're now empowered. That's why he talks about, we talk about the Great Commission in Matthew 28. We get to Acts, and it, that's why he says here in Acts 1, chapter 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why did he tell them not to leave Jerusalem, to wait for this promise? See, when... That's right. When Jesus gave the great commission, yeah, he knew that the disciples, that's us, you and I, that we couldn't do it on our own. He knew that. He knew we couldn't fulfill it in our measly power, no matter how strong some of us might be, yeah? He had and has a special gift in store for us, and that gift's the Holy Spirit. And now that we have the power, we can do what he's asked us to do, the great commission. Because you and I have been created to serve Daddy. Amen? That's why it goes on in Acts, in chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying, wait, don't do anything. You need the power. Don't bother plugging the vacuum cleaner into the wall. Power core haven't switched the power on yet. Yeah? You need the power for this thing to work. So wait there till you get it. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And once you've been empowered, then you will serve me. Then you will be my witnesses. I love this about Father God, about Daddy. Do you notice he says you will be, not you might be? You can if you decide to be. If you think about it and pray about it, maybe you want to be. He says, no, wait here. You're going to get power from the Holy Spirit. Then you will be my witnesses. I'm sorry that God wants you. I am sorry that he wants you to serve him. I'm sorry that he doesn't want you to live a mundane, boring, sit-in-your-seat Christian life. But we've got a God that's alive. There's no option for us not to be his witnesses. And, and how do we be his witnesses? Easy. We're empowered. Everything that we say and everything that we do. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to dance in a special way. 
You don't have to period in a special way. You don't have to pray in a special way. It's just now that you're empowered, it'll come out from you. You'll see someone sick, you'll pray. You'll see someone in need, you'll serve them. You'll be in the community, you'll change the atmosphere. Because you're empowered now. You've stepped into the ocean. Not just taking little sips and putting the Holy Spirit inside. We've been empowered. We've been created to serve. That means those around us will see a difference and they'll hear a difference. You know, there's often a common misconception in churches. See, to serve God doesn't mean you have to hold a microphone or be a pastor. Just let's make that clear. To serve God doesn't mean you have to be on this stage. Yeah, it's not how it works. That happens to be my call. Yeah, with all of its peaks and troughs. Yeah, but God will call you where he needs to call you. And for some of you, it may be in this, on this platform in this environment. For some of you, it may be serving behind the scenes. For some of you, it might be doing some work, great work out in the community. But God has now empowered you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do the works that he set apart in advance for you to do. Not for me to do. Yeah? Some people go on to do nothing because they're waiting to step up here. Don't be that person. And I, I knew the call of God in my life when I was a, a very exceptionally young person, when I was about 19. Yeah, and for 20 years I set seats up, I did stuff in the community, I did all sorts of stuff to serve him before I got to the place where I thought, this is what I'd always dreamed about. Yeah? Don't allow what you consider to be the ultimate to stop you serving him. Don't let that happen. So Jesus is our greatest example. In Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. John 12, 26, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Yeah? I love that passage. What a great scripture. Because no servant is greater than their master. And, and if a life of servanthood is good enough for Jesus, I'm going to suggest, I'm going to put words in your mouth, not just mine, then it's good enough for us. Yeah? See, Jesus knew the importance of servanthood, the importance in serving others. You know, there, there are some truths that are never realised in our lives, never realised in our lives if we don't get on board with this truth. See, with, if we don't get on board with this God principle... The lessons of servanthood can't be learned through knowledge. Yeah? They can only be experienced. You have been empowered so that you can do the works that he set apart for you to do in advance. You know, you have a look at some of the research that's been done over the years and volunteers over the years have acknowledged that they gain just as much as they give. You know? And I think, again, if we're to be honest, there are people here that have experienced that. It doesn't have to just be volunteering in the church, by the way. You know, people have worked out that they have to do good out in the world in order to help themselves because it makes them strong. Because when, you, when you've done the work, now you can speak with a voice of ownership yeah, into people's lives. Think about it. We read the passage just before. Matthew 28 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. When you read this passage, we find that God has purposed that 
that we, his followers, are his helpers. He's, he's depended on us because he's made that choice. Yeah? Because he can get the rocks to cry out. So in the words of the Bible, we're called and commanded to be a servant, to serve. And, and, and actually, here's another suggestion for you. I believe, Father, God created us in such a way that we won't find fulfilment until we're serving others. I believe that with my whole heart. You will not find fulfilment until you're serving others. Um, there's a magazine, Psychology Today, and several years ago, um, in one of their editions they, that they published, the theme for the month of that publication was the powerful impact that serving has yeah, uh, on both our, or our mental and emotional health. And part of the article um, said this, those who helped volunteering in nursing homes, in poor areas of the city or in churches, were found to be happier and healthier in emotional and physical ways than those who did not. Because God created us in such a way that we need to serve people in order to really experience fulfilment and happiness. Yeah? So God designed you and I to serve. He designed you and I to serve. And unfortunately, like the disciples when you read the Gospels, Sometimes we can have a difficult time getting that message that this is God's call for our lives. Yeah? So just quickly, Dave, can you come forward? What's the time? 11.26, yeah, a bit of time. And then Catherine, I'll get you as well, so you may as well come up now. I'm gonna, uh, these, these are another two people that went to Kenya. I'm going to ask them two questions. Yeah? I'm going to ask them one question each. They're going to answer briefly. And then I'm gonna uh, then I'm gonna ask another question. <laughs> he was talking to her. Not <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, by the way, if you want to know more about Kenya, catch up with these guys and Crystal and some of the others that have gone. But my first question to you is this: um, What was your highlight? What did you love the most when you were there? And I know that you guys had different experiences, so just share. Me, the highlight for me. Um, we, a lot of people here know Wilson. Um, I went and spent eight days with his family um, li living in a uh, traditional village um, and seeing how little they have but how absolutely ecstatically happy they are. They have absolutely nothing but they're just so happy. Um, we have in Australia a certain economy a, a level of poor on uh, Newstart or on pension, that's like a millionaire compared to these people. They have the clothes on their back that are ripped and torn um, and they have nothing in the cupboard to eat. The majority of the people that I saw up in the area that he came from called Chicana were in that level. Um, but they were just so genuinely happy and to see how happy they are with so little that they've got brought into to home, how certainly fortunate we are here in Australia. We always hear about Australia's the lucky country. Well, we bloody are. <laughs> we really are. And it hits home when you ask about the highlight. That is the highlight, seeing how little they have but how genuinely happy they are. Cool. Catherine? Well, for me, I was at the orphanage most of the time for the Sundays. Um, 
the highlight for me was Crystal and I got to spend some time in the classrooms um, and some of the stories that these kids are telling us from where they've come from, um, abuse, very, very poor, have nothing, living on the streets, some of them have no parents and yet they're so, so happy. The Delani, which is the, where the orphanage is based, um, they learn, they go, to, like, they go to school every day. Often they go from 5am to do um, study because they don't do study um, in their dormitories. Um, and they go right through till 9 o'clock and they love it. They find education a privilege still um, and you just come home and the kids don't like going to school, they don't like to study. There's generally no such thing as homework a lot of the time. Sorry. <laughs> um, but these kids just love it. They love to learn, they love to meet new people. And um, yeah, so just seeing how much they love school and each other was amazing. Okay, so now the next question I want to ask, no, you can hold it, you can, you can keep going. In your time there, out of everything that you guys experienced and did, what brought you the most satisfaction? Not highlight, what, what gave you the most satisfaction? Uh, probably to just be able to serve them. Hang out with the kids, play with them, um, just love on them. By the way, I've, I've not teed this up, but I have certainly worded questions because <laughs> I know what the answers are going to be. And so, what was it about serving them? What, what did you do that, that gave you satisfaction? Uh, well, I generally love to hang out with kids, so that's... Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I was also the healthiest I've ever been. Yeah. So, that's The healthiest you've ever been? Yeah. Oh, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> um, being busy, um, the hugs from the kids, the yeah. smiles on their faces every time they see you. Um, yeah. Cool. Dave, out of all that you did when you were there, what gave you the most... For you, it could have been taking a picture of something, I don't know, but legitimately, what gave you satisfaction that you walked away and just thought, wow, you know? There were... Oh, oh crikey. <laughs> there were... What is, I came home with 3,500 images. Um, I came home with nearly 600 videos um, and three rolls of film. I took a vintage camera along, so yes... There were significant photos. <laughs> and some of them, as I clicked, I go, that is a masterpiece. I know that's going to be an amazing image. And get home, and yes, it is. But above that, you knew the answer. Before <laughs> you asked it. Above that, Trevor just said it, being practical. Um, in the little village that we stayed, they had, it was a compound that had about 12, 15 foot high barbed wire all the way around they used that as their clothesline. So Wilson was forever sending money because their clothes were getting ripped. And he was like, why is my clothes getting, why is my parents' clothes getting ripped all the time? Because they were hanging their clothes <laughs> on barbed wire <laughs> on the compound. So the practical side, of serving, the I was serving them. We put together a clothesline with some rope and wires and you know, so on and so forth. So the practical <laughs> side. I'm a very, very practical person. Um, grew up on a farm and find things that Andrew struggles with, like, easy. It just happens. Um, it's true. 
to digress slightly, to move slightly away, I just want to hit home that this morning is, is really hitting me what Andrew's saying. I grew up in a uniting church, so we're talking about the, the, the scriptures this morning of the hands and the feet and the eyes and the nose. I've heard that a million times. Um, and this morning it's gone smack. <laughs> I'm not, I don't consider myself to be an extremely spiritual person. I, yes, I'm a Christian and yes, I love to serve people, but I have always had the thought, well, I'm not a very good Christian because I'm not spiritual. I don't sing like Ben does. <laughs> I don't have fantastic words like Andrew does or Grace does. I'm, you know, just someone in the background. But this morning, it's just gone whack. I'm Dave and my job through God is to serve you guys. Yeah, come on. And I'm just as good... <laughs> At being a Christian, as Grace, as Andrew, That's as right. Sally, come on, <laughs> so on come and so on. on and so forth, every single person here. So it just hit home. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Pleasure. Thanks, Catherine. Having been on a mission trip to India before, I came back from India and uh, didn't think a lot of it. And I went to watch a movie um, that some of you may have watched, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, And as I watched that movie, it reminded me of moments when we were there and the things that we did. And I was overwhelmed with emotion at what I actually drew upon and what gave me satisfaction. Because I, I think that study and what was written in that magazine um, just nails it. We are created to serve. You will never find fulfilment until you're helping others. And it's amazing that when there's a some local catastrophe, fire, something, how quickly our human nature, nature comes together to help those that are in need. People of different faiths, cultures, ethnicities, the works, because we were created to serve. For us who are Christian, we need to understand not just to serve, but we've been created to serve and empowered to do the things that he set apart for us to do. Yeah? So he's designed us to serve. You know, in Matthew 23, 11, it says, the greatest among you will be your servant. And let's face it, the thought of being a servant is not something that we naturally gravitate to. We don't. Like, you don't gravitate. Just the word serving. Let's, again, if we're to be honest, you look at some jobs and some roles and some of them are really menial, you know? And, and, and it almost forms a disdain inside you. It's thinking, wow, how can that person do that for a job? And you look down on them. There's something about something that looks lowly or like, like a service-type job or the thought of serving that doesn't sit right because of the culture that we now live in. But we have been created to serve. It's not to lead, Yeah. And because of what culture, Western culture, has put into us, when it comes to thinking about being created to serve, it can give an impression that, that Daddy doesn't want us to rise to any place of greatness. But that's not the truth. Because the greatest among, amongst us will be the servants amongst us. So Jesus isn't telling us not to be great but rather how to be great, yeah? 
So greatness is found in living and applying kingdom culture and kingdom principles. And a lot of kingdom principles like serving and like giving, yeah, are complete opposite and contrary to the world. Complete opposite and contrary. If you speak to my brother and sister-in-law, I could have more money and be better set up if I just stopped giving to the church or to God. Sorry, wrong. I know that I'm blessed because I give. Yeah. Serving's the same. I know I can be of better health and better attitude by serving. No, you need to look after yourself. Yes, there is some truth that we need to self-care. But when we put others' needs in front of our own, God then comes in. God then does a work. Yeah. Think. Remember in John, you know, in third. I don't want to read it all because it's like like twenty-seven scriptures. It feels like, but. Jesus starts to wash the disciples' feet. He puts a towel, a, a towel around his waist. And, and he comes to Peter who says to him, are you going to wash our feet? Don't you dare, Jesus. Don't you dare wash our feet. Jesus says to him, you can't have any part of me unless you let me do this. You know, and then I'll, I'll read from verse 12. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher. And Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. He's showing us how to be great. He's showing us that now that you've received me, now that you are about to be empowered, serve. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Yeah, We never get to that part. Of the scripture, you will be blessed if you do them. See, it didn't seem right for Peter, for Jesus to wash his feet. He argued with him, but Jesus said, listen, buddy, I've got to teach you. You've got to understand this this timeless, godly principle. And now he's teaching us. That's why we needed the power, the empowering, because otherwise we would be like Peter. Dude, no, we can't do that. Don't do that to me. Hey, I'm too holy for that. Don't touch my feet. We... We needed the empowering of the Spirit so that not only could we be served, but so that we could serve to do the stuff that he set apart for us already, yeah? Tithing destroys greed, yeah? Tithing destroys greed. Serving destroys selfishness. Serving destroys selfishness. You're struggling with selfishness? Serve. Struggling with greed? Start giving your money. Don't just tithe. Give an offering. Step out. Live by faith. Live to the level that you want. You know, give to the level that you want to earn. Serve to the level that you want to live and what you want to experience. Do those things. I love verse 17. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Okay, don't do them. Don't serve. Don't help people. Don't do any of those things. Then miss out on the blessing. It's really simple. It's your choice, not mine. I'm not twisting scripture. I'm not reading it out of context. Completely in context. You don't want that blessing? Don't serve. Don't help. Don't do any of that. Make sure that you're first above everybody else. Take that page. Rip it out of your Bible. You can buy them really cheap these days. Don't worry about it. 
It's important to know that we've been created to serve. We have been created to serve. That's why the scripture says that it's our spiritual act of worship. It's It's another act of worship. Worship is not just singing songs. That's a spiritual act. Worship is not just giving to the Lord. That's a spiritual act. Serving is also a spiritual act. And you know what the beauty is? There's not, this is a greater spiritual act, this is a lesser spiritual act. They are all spiritual acts of worship. And they all require, yeah? And we're responsible for, they all require the same attention. To the same level you give in your prayer life, to your worship when you're singing, to your serving, to your giving, it needs to be the same, yeah? So how do we worship him? One of those ways is to serve others in a church and outside of church. When we lay down our lives and put the lives of others ahead of ourselves, yeah? You know, as a pastor, I've heard all sorts of excuses, yeah? You've got to hear me because some of this is my heart, yeah? I've heard all sorts of excuses for people not attending church regularly. I've heard all sorts of excuses for people not getting to a Bible study, connect group, friendship group. I've heard all of those excuses. I've also heard legitimate reasons. Yeah? Difference. I've also heard legitimate reasons. But one of the excuses, one of the excuses, my pet hate as a pastor. So please write it down. Put it into your memory. Never use it with me. Okay? I don't come because I don't get anything. I don't come because I don't get anything from the service. I don't come to a friendship group, connect group, because it it does nothing for me, 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 I, I, I. Yeah? It's not about you. It's about those that are there. So you're not getting anything? Try serving. Try giving something back. Get to a connect group. Get to a friendship group. Start investing all the wisdom that's inside of you and see what those around you will pick up. Because your breakthrough is their breakthrough. And they're sitting there wallowing in their self-pity because they've not heard anything good yet. Yet that's for them because you've got what they need and you're not going because you don't get anything. Come on! I know this is challenging, but we were created to serve. And we serve him by serving others. In the house and outside of the house. Does that make sense? You know, when we live, life, live a life of servanthood, we're choosing to die to our own needs and to live for God. That brings honour to daddy. Like supreme, when Samuel does something or Nathan does something that just so blows us away, it's normally when Nathan's crying about something, for an example, and Samuel comes up and goes, here, Nathan, listen, you have this. Samuel, you don't have to do that. I know, Dad. You can have this, Nathan. Really? And all of a sudden, things are made better. Man, inside I'm like, oh, they're my boys. Then when they do something silly, they're Melanie's boys. (laughs) It's the same with God. 
Why don't we stand? I want to I finish with this. Great servants go the extra mile. Matthew 5.41, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go, go with them two miles. A better translation actually is the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. That's actually proper context for that scripture because in those days, the Roman soldiers could pick anyone that they wanted in the street to carry their gear to wherever they were going. They could choose anyone. They could walk past. Barry could be walking like this and they'd say, here, carry my stuff. They could choose whoever they wanted. And so in this passage, what the Lord's trying to teach is that you don't have a choice here. You can't refuse them, so go one better. If they want you to carry their stuff for a mile, go two miles and bring glory to the Father. Great servants go the extra mile. Jesus was saying instead of begrudgingly carrying it, do it cheerfully and do even more. Yeah? Someone asks you for a coffee, give them a coffee, a real coffee. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I'm today. <laughs> <laughs> Allow a servant's heart to kick in and go two miles instead. Because that act of service blows them away. You and I were created to serve. And when we go above and beyond what we have to do, we're acting like a true servant. And, and that's what gets the attention of those around us. It grabs their attention. You know, you talk about those people all the time. Have you seen that person? They're always doing this. Have you seen that person? Every time I go here, that person's doing that. You know, the, bit, the, the workers that the, the employers talk about the most are those that go over and above, you know? Always go over and above. Because what they see is the character of Jesus shining through us because we have been empowered, baptised in the Holy Spirit to do good works that he's already set apart for us to do, yeah? Now we can be his witnesses in action and in deed because we've been empowered. Can I have the worship team to come up? I want to sing that. I just want to sing the last song, almost as a declaration for us here. But but I want to, as they're getting ready to do that, I want to finish with this thought. We can't control what others do with our service. Hear me. We cannot control what others do with our service. Someone else's gratitude. can't be our motivation, yeah? Because the truth is that in serving, regardless of whether it's in the church or outside of the church, there are going to be times of disappointment, yeah? But if we can expect that disappointment, if we can expect that rejection, and here's the, the kicker, if we can expect the misuse and abuse of our servant heart because our service comes out of our heart, yeah? And there will be times where you feel as though you're being abused and there'll be times where you're feeling like someone's misusing you just because you're the person who always does, yeah? If you can expect that but serve anyway, You've just shifted to another level because you've learned 
that you're serving Jesus in all that you do. People take advantage of you. I'm doing it for you. I'm serving Jesus. I'm not going to become bitter. I'm serving my Lord. He created me to serve. He empowered me to serve. Lacking some spiritual enthusiasm? Feel like you're not growing? You've lost your first love? No passion in your life? Feel like you don't have a purpose? What are you doing to serve? Where have you plugged in? Trevor said it. There is always a place. There's always room for you to serve because you were created for it. At the end of the day, if we're not serving, we're not fully doing what the Lord has commanded and purposed for us to do. Amen? The reason I want to sing this song is I want it to be a declaration that comes from the inside of us. And I want to pray for people. Last week we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't get that prayer and you want that prayer, by all means, come and tap me on the shoulder. But I want you to cry out and say, God, you know what? Yes, I am created to serve. All that I am, I'm giving to you. Yeah? You are everything to me. And then start to listen as the days become weeks and the weeks become months. Start to listen where God's pointing you, where he's showing you, where he wants you to plug in, where he wants you to be his witnesses. Amen? Because that's what we're created to do, to serve him. So let's sing. You can do it from your seats. You can do it from the front. You can do it standing on them, laying on them, kneeling beside them. But sing it as a declaration in Jesus' name. Amen?